When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm Tracy Barnett, your host and narrator. Heroes, this week we continue with episode 3 of Pit Crawler. It's recorded on the right mics, it sounds crisp and clean, and it is a lot of fun. Things continue to get even more wild. So, let's not wait any longer. Let's get to the show. So, you have gone to see Honch, and he's told you that there's rumours of a, a mysterious, well, soft, warm glow and pleasant crackling sound coming from the mountains that lie on the border between Skolag's realm and the neighbouring realm ruled by Emborio. 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 Am I right? Um is what Skalag says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I like the idea that Skalag, like, every time he gets, like, what he feels is a solid burn against Imburio, like, has to put up a statue or erect some kind of monument of the time he totally dunked on this other wizard. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Emborio. I don't know if this is actually going to come up in the uh, in the game at all, but I feel like Emborio might be like the older brother or the older cousin of mm-hmm. Skolag, who like their parents and their grandparents, like the rest of the family, are just so proud of Emborio. Yes. Yep. And you know, Skolag is a a troubled wizard. Hmm. Maybe he'll grow out of it. They've, they've been hoping that. <laughs> yep. The realm itself is about a day's walk. Like, from, from where you are, kind of in the middle, it's about a day's walk to any of the edges. Mm-hmm. Let's call this a nice circular realm because it's easy. Uh, and Emborio's realm is kind of up to the northwest okay. segment. You can get there on foot or... You can try and take a, what did we call them? A, a dermy taxi. Mm-hmm. But the dermy taxis really work best when they're in the middle of the realm. Coverage is patchier as it gets out towards the outskirts. For for sure. Especially because like towards the middle of the realm, it's like more urban. So a lot of the, the, mm. the smaller animals that these things need to run over in order to keep society functioning kind of gather there. Yeah. I... I feel like time is of the essence. I feel like we gotta do do our darndest to take out a dermataxi as far as we can, and then if we're forced to make the rest of the way on foot, you know, it's also it's probably also extremely dangerous to move around this countryside anyway. So yeah, uh, so I'm gonna uh, make 
a luck roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in Pitcrawler, where something could go one of two ways, I'm going to take a d20 and I'm going to ask you to say high or low. Uh, Low, and for sure. Low. Okay, so the closer this, like the lower this roll is, the mm-hmm. better it is for you. Okay. You and Sarah hop on a passing sort of half cow, half giraffe, half eagle creature. <laughs> and um, you manage to, to hook it, you crawl yourself upwards. Um, unfortunately, you've happened to have got the one that's just kind of like going round the square. Like yeah. there's a there's a couple of blocks in the middle and it's just going round and round those blocks over and over and over again. And you are so caught up in your conversation where Sarah's saying things like, you really need to stay away from him. I don't think that we should be paying too much attention to what he says. Like this isn't, Hunch is not a part of this now. And you're kind of arguing back and mm-hmm. and you just, you don't notice that you're just going around the same place over and over and over again until you realize it's been a while and um, your elephant is actually, it's not with you anymore. Oh no. Oh, that's very bad. Yeah, I think uh, we like realized that so much time has passed. Like, hey, hey, wait a minute. Where's the elephant? It's your elephant. I thought you were keeping hold of it. I'm not responsible. That's what you spent the last <laughs> two hours lecturing me about. Uh, so the elephant's going to be probably somewhere within a few blocks, assuming nobody's taken it. Do you want to stick around and hunt for the elephant, or do you want to just make your way as quickly as you can on foot to the mountains? So this comes to a real question of does dirt value doing the job or caring for the reward that he got from Skalog more? Like, this is... This is as close as dirt can get to a moral quandary. <laughs> and I, I kind of think that the only way to settle this is is rolling. So I, I'm, I'm going to roll a d20. I'm going to say high will be self-interest. That is, that is going after this elephant. And low is going to be dedication to, to the job. And we'll just okay. see how it goes. And... I roll a nine. So so that is, you know, I, I am petrified about something happening to this elephant, of it somehow getting back to Skalog, that he gave us this great, beautiful elephant and we mm-hmm. lost it. Like I'm 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 spiraling on that. But it's like the only thing for it is to go quench this flame, is to do the work. And you know, something that uh, uh, Dirt genuinely very believes is prosperity gospel. That is, if you work <laughs> hard enough for your betters, good things will come to you in life. So the mm. elephant will simply return if I can operate w- within meets expectation parameters. Yeah, nice. Okay. And I, I should point out that the what it is the dirt subscribes to is actually the prosperity gospel yes. uh, which was a pamphlet slash blog post that skolag put out about a year ago <laughs> yeah and uh, a blog post is of course a bloated log that is posted into the dirt mm-hmm. for yeah. everybody to read 
Cool. So you're going to make the hike up to the mountains. So this is obviously a very rocky country, as we've said, and it is uh, it is very, very dark. There are there are glow stick glows, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's like lanterns used by glow sticks, but they they do fade over time. So you might have sort of like an inflated frog hanging from somebody's uh, misery hole, just sort of dangling, glowing the little blue from its eyes an open mouth but they do fade over time so the further you get out from the center of town the more dangerous it is to go you're climbing up rocks you are like climbing up mountains the further out you go and as it becomes more rural uh, there is less and less light there is a sort of a sort of moonlight but it's it feels incredibly far off um, and yeah. once a month you do get an incredibly blazing full moon ooh like like a a full moon that is like a shimmering fire in the sky i love yeah that. and then no, just nobody can sleep for the night um and crime goes up yeah the the moon does scream yeah <laughs> that's that's yeah. another thing that we should mention is it's 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 a scream it's like a big silvery fire but that's because it's a bunch of souls coalescing mm-hmm. in the sky and and screaming a miserable song of of those who are damned to float in the atmosphere. But tonight is not that night. You make your way. Could you please make me a feet roll to see how your um your trek goes? All right. Now, I would like to argue something very strange here, Sasha. If if, if Okay, I'm excited to hear it. Go along with me. I do think that I am using a piece of equipment to lower the difficulty of this roll. And the piece of equipment that I'm using is the taxidermy elephant, because normally I drag a humongous taxidermy elephant (laughs) everywhere I go. So this is actually the easiest (laughs) traveling has been in a very long time in Dirt's life. Okay, so I'm going to lower the difficulty from a nine to a six. Okay. Because you are using the absence of an item. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. I do, unfortunately, just roll a four. Uh, okay, so um, you and Sarah do your best to pick your way through the mountains, uh, but it is dark and the rocks here are incredibly jagged and sharp and uh, just as metal as Skolak can make them. So you are unfortunately going to be taking one point of damage mm-hmm. just from scrapes and a twisted ankle and just the the kind of accumulation of little bits of pain little bits of falling now that we see dirt um like kind of limping and like tying a bandage around one of his limbs that is craftsmanship we have (laughs) the best rock sharpeners in any region of the world and i would argue that to anyone you you go to any region, you, you go to Emborio's region, and the rocks there are dull as as a dull as a doornail, I I'd say. But but these rocks, these rocks here, they're sharp as razors. And that's something you only get from Skalog, who really cares. Sarah so will like look up from trying to buff out a, a couple of scratches on their armor. She'll be like, oh, Absolutely. I mean, you can't fault 
Sklarg for style. That's what I always say. You are always saying that. Yeah. I'm always saying it. Every morning I wake up, you can't fault Sklarg for style. I brush my teeth, you can't fault Sklarg for style. I like to say it on the hour every hour, hoping that, you know, sometimes he might pick it up with that special wizard hearing. Yep. And, you know, you never know when you might start a rolling chant on that. Uh, Hasn't (laughs) happened yet, but it could any day. Well, I mean, we've got a little ways more to march. We could have a bit of a a marching song. You can't beat Skullog for style. You can't, can't beat, beat Skullog for, for, for style. You can't beat Skullog for style. We'll we'll align on it later. Yeah. I'm sure we, yeah. we'll work on. It. We're new to chanting. We're new to chanting. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so as you come to the, the kind of the peaks of the mountains, you can start to see over into Emporio's region. Where Skalag's region is dark and cold and has a kind of, where there is light, it's usually a sort of blue moonlight that screams. Mm-hmm. In Boreos region is, you can see kind of as soon as the peaks of the mountains hit and the they start to descend on the other side, it is an incredibly bright, like inferno of a realm. So this is like, this is like a light show of a domain but oh, um, like lasers just blasting off everywhere yes but instead of lasers it's like candle wicks or like rows of gunpowder that sparkle in like spy like carefully laid spirals like a fireworks show essentially oh i like that a lot i yeah. i kind of like the idea that that's like a creature here like instead of a mouse you see one of those like lines of black Ooh, powder like caterpillars like, but it's yeah. like it's like a dynamite string mm-hmm. yeah i like that a lot and every time it like inches forward it's just like little popping sparklers yeah 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 showy <laughs> and you can see there's kind of a network of caves in the mountains so there are as you walk along you can see a couple of different entrances one is absolutely your classic cave entrance like round archway looks like it goes quite far back one is a sort of fissure which you would have to squeeze through you would probably get in okay but it might be a bit tricky for sarah Mm -hmm. and uh the other one is a have you seen them on these horrifying videos they're like a hole in the ground that you drop into oh wow so we are looking for a glowing cave and like we see this this network of caves in front mm. that like kind of all look like they have a different kind of glow. Mm. Huh. Nice. Hmm. All right. Well, this has got to be a puzzle of some kind, right? Well, uh, what what's the uh, what what's the puzzle? What's what's well, the logic? Only only worthy people should should be able to complete a job that that Skalog sets out for them. So, you know, logic dictates it it cannot be the fisher because you, being a knight, are clearly of higher status than me and wouldn't be able to fit in there. And so there's no worthy work to be won. That makes absolutely perfect sense. Yep. So then that brings us to the... Whole, like the classic sort of round cave that goes far back a ways, 
or the infinity hole here in the ground. <sighs> I gotta say, I think, think I'm gonna have to use my brain about this one. Gotta be real careful. Well, I mean, that is one of your strong, strong points. So, uh, all right, let's let's assess our uh, equipment here. What, what, what do we got? We got a backpack to hold things inside my backpack. I've got my folding shovel. I've got my lantern. And I've got my spyglass. And there's sort of an empty spot on this kit list where... Our very expensive and irreplaceable elephant would be, but it's temporarily not with us. I think I'm going to use my spyglass to try and look into the classic round open mouth cave entrance and see what's going on in there. Okay, nice. So you've got your spyglass and you can look into the like the pit it's very very dark but you do also have a lantern that's true as we've established in this world there are no lanterns that are not also crackable animals so Mm -hmm. what kind of animal is your lantern okay i want it to be a blobfish that (laughs) one of those sad faced little distended (laughs) fish that come from the very deep ocean so it's just this kind of wet sack and i i think one of the things that i'm learning kind of about this world the the necromantic energy for for really efficient magic like this necromancy does kind of depend on misery and and sort of moroseness in some way and the death suffered by this blobfish had to be truly miserable because it's brought up you know, suffered from depressurization. Like that's just that's just nasty stuff. So that means that its lantern glow will just last a very long time. Mm. See, the thing that I think about if you've got a, a blobfish, like we've established that people collect these carcasses by going and and like getting roadkill or going off to find animals that have died naturally, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But a blobfish would not be out on the road. It would not be lying in some pile of rocks so it suggests that someone went to get this specifically and gave it to you so that suggests to me like haunch went specifically to get you this blobfish i i like that too because like it 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 is like kind of a beautiful metaphorical gift that understands dirt to his core because the blobfish is meant to be to the deepest, darkest depth of the bottom of the sea. But this blobfish believed in itself and knew <laughs> and that it rose. could rise above its station <laughs> and did and suffered a horrible, horrible death <laughs> in an environment it was not meant for. Mm. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so you can crack your blobfish. And uh, makes the worst squelchiest just, noise. Just, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> kind of shine it down while you look through your spyglass. So looking down, you can see this is quite a drop, but it's it kind of turns almost into a 
a slide, if you will. So the tunnel gets a little bit narrower, but also stops being vertical and just becomes this kind of like sleep, steep slide. Maybe a story down. So you could drop it and survive, definitely. The tunnel that it kind of leads to does look like it will be big enough to fit you and Sarah, but you don't know, like you can't see where it leads or how far it goes down. Okay, so caves. You know, I'm going to say, not much of a cave person myself. Don't explore many caves. Now, I have heard the name for cave explorers is a a spelunker. Have you heard this, Sarah? Um, Yeah, I think I've heard that, yep. Spelunking. Well, that's the other part of the riddle, isn't it? What sound would you make if you dropped into a hole? Splunk! That's it! (laughs) (laughs) Amazing! Oh, this is why I'm always calling you dirt brains. (laughs) And why I truly deserve to be called that. (laughs) Great, so, um... Sarah is convinced. Uh, do you want to go first, or does Sarah want to jump in first? I mean, logically, you'd want the lighter person to drop down onto the heavier person, but, you know, we are working with dirt brains here, so dirt <laughs> is going to jump in first and have that be followed by Sarah. Okay. Uh, so you drop into the hole. You just, like, go feet first, just fully gung-ho about it Mm -hmm. and you do have a a drop which is kind of like if you were getting sleepy this is a wake up but uh it's pretty safe you are then immediately caught and it does feel like going down a slide like a sort of like a water slide but without the water Uh, it twists and it turns and it gets steeper and then less steep and then steeper and then steeper and then steeper and eventually deposits you Dirt, dirt is determined not to enjoy this ride because this is this is classic emborio, like showy flourish nonsense. So like it's going on this almost amusement park esque journey for, for us two, and the whole time he's got his little arms folded, just determined not to have a good time. Mm. So you are very much like the the hole is still in Skalag's realm. But okay. by the time you've gone down the the slide, it's there's enough twists and turns that you don't know which realm you're still in. Oh. So I kind of like the idea that like like skull um dirt can still be very much like well this is obviously Emborio, whereas Sarah is just like wee. <laughs> I, well, I think like we're both bought in, so we are trying to sense like which portions are 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 definitely Skalog and which portions mm. are Emborio. So like there'll be portions where like our arms are folded, we're just looking very grumpy, and other portions we're like yay, yeah. <laughs> and we're just wavering back and forth throughout yeah. the ride. I'm gonna make a look roll for how you land. So could you tell me high or low? Definitely low. You come landing on... This is definitely Skalag's realm because as you land, it's it's like a grater of sharp little rocks um, and you will lose one more health point. Ah! ah, ah. Oh, thank goodness we landed on these safely sharpened <laughs> rocks. Could you imagine 
if we had ended this journey in Emborio's realm and landed on unsharpened rocks, the cuts wouldn't have been as clean. We might have landed on, like, ash or something, and then my armor would have got all dirty instead of just scratched up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that, so that glad that dreadful. we landed where we landed. Just picking yep. shards out of my flesh. <laughs> you are now in, it's kind of like a large chamber. The floor is, like, very jaggedy, but if you're very careful about it, you can pick a way through the, like, they're, like, tiny, tiny stalactites. Which one's stalactites and which one's stalactites? But the uh, ones that come from the Tights are on the ceiling, mites are tights on, the, are on the ceiling. Right, so there's, like, there's mites and tights all around, but they are not quite meeting, so you have to very carefully pick your way, like, ducking here and walking over there. But you both can make it through. Uh, there are a couple of different, uh, sorry, three different tunnels leading off. One to the right, one to the left, and one straight ahead. Uh, right, left, or straight ahead. Uh, I mean, you know, we've we've clearly entered the right place. We are absolutely cut to ribbons on <laughs> the on, on the good sharpened rocks of home. Mm-hmm. I say. That means if we're on the right path, we just got to go straight forward, directly ahead. That is the message that is being communicated to us by Skalag. Okay, so you go straight ahead and you find yourself in a tunnel that looks... It, it doesn't look like it's been built exactly, but where the chamber that you were just in looked very much geologically fashioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one has smoother walls it looks much more like practical tunnel that somebody might be walking through you know you can follow it it goes kind of twists and turns but always keeping on the same path until you get to another chamber this time which looks like it's it's still as a chamber it still looks very much like organic it is a cave Mm -hmm. but up in one corner you can see there's some glow sticks in the ground, and by glow sticks I mean um, snakes on, on sticks. Yep. And in the middle of them, there is a bedroll and a bundle. Hello, heroes, and welcome to the midroll. Heroes, I've got a treat for you this week. This is it. This is the midroll. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Happy Pride. Enjoy the rest of the show. Bedroll in a bundle. Halt! Sarah, the, the, this, this could be dangerous. There could be enemies about. I would like to look at the bedroll and bundle and you know my first thing that that I'm trying to assess and and make sure of is that this is somebody who would be working for Skalog does this have like the classic goth accoutrement that that I would be familiar with from my home region oh okay so there's nothing overtly goth mm-hmm. about this bundle it's kind of plain in terms of colors. It's like neutral colors, things that would blend in with a mountain environment. Uh, but on looking closer, you do see that it's um, it's actually quite good quality. So the 
bedroll is made of the finest rock bubbles. <laughs> my, my brain's gone blank. But the, the bedroll is made of the finest packable mattress material. Uh, and the backpack itself it, like, is clearly very well made, very sturdy. And you okay. can see where it's been like scuffed on some rocks, but hasn't ripped. Yeah, to keep to keep things horrifying, I feel like the peak of bedroll technology is self warming bedrolls, which is like flesh and blubber that is like still alive. Oh, so, yeah, that is the most horrifying. <laughs> you crawl That's it, and so it's horrible. it's quite warm. It's very oh, you pleasant. crawl in. It's yeah. a bag. <laughs> you don't lay on it. No, 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 no. You don't. You, of course not. It's like a flap. It's like getting in a kangaroo mm. pouch. And it's like, it, it's almost like a lip where you get in. I feel like, and also I feel like for the full experience, it should be a weighted blanket. So there's like pockets oh God, stitched yeah. where just little bits of bone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still warm. <laughs> the bedroll slightly undulates at your touch. Well, I mean, we got it. We gotta keep this, right? Well, I mean, it looks like it does belong to someone. Right. Or if they come back for it. Well, Sarah, let's let's think our way through this. Uh, who deserves to have nice things? Well, wizards. Wizards. And, um, wizards first and foremost. Wizards. Friends and family. Friends and family of wizards, of course. And um, people who've worked really 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 hard and have have pulled themselves up from their bootstraps yes exactly and people who have uh some form of 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 noble birth or title like knights well that's a very good point that's a very good point and i think if there were a knight who had for instance chosen not to strike with the rest of the pit crawlers and had in fact gone to work I think that that would be doubly deserving of of a a bedroll like this and this is all part of the prosperity gospel you're absolutely right this is exactly what Skullhog said he was talking about it he was saying if you never ask for better wages never ask for a break never ask for more than four hours sleep a night you will get good things. It's happened. These are the good things because he's, I mean, he's never given them to us and it, I wouldn't expect him to. So we yeah. must get the good things another way. Yeah, exactly. Like this this is all part of his will. All right, well, I, I guess we'd better bundle it up. Yeah, I'd like to to shove, like roll, roll up this sack, which I have to imagine sounds horrible. Oh, it sounds squelchy, but it actually feels so soft. Yeah. Like this is moisturized skin. Yeah. It it's it's beautiful dewy skin, but mm-hmm. like there's a lot of trapped air and whatnot that that is escaping when you're rolling it up. But we do manage to get it down into like a manageable sausage shape. And for you know, even though it's like flesh and blubber, it's actually like lighter than you would expect. And mm. we we can fit Well, there's it. no muscle in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it, it it's kind of easy to to get into the bag, and I guess all that's left is this other backpack to peruse through. Would you like to open the backpack? Oh yes, I would. Yeah. Okay. 
So, you open the backpack. I am going to ask you to tell me high or low. Low. Always low. It's got it. I'm I'm owed at some point. (laughs) Okay, so you open the backpack. And as soon as your fingers go to the the straps holding them down, Uh they... Uh, the straps themselves undo of their own volition and instead wrap your fingers up and hold them there. Uh, could you please take me one more health point damage as okay. it squeezes and one of your fingers kind of slightly snaps. Ah! 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 Oh! It's Oh it's my god! Oh tight. my god! What the... What was that? I, the bag! The bag is... Uh, alive somehow like... Sarah draws their sword and just sort of like waves it at the bag once this has happened it sort of the bag kind of almost goes back to sleep the pressure eases a little and you can remove your hands okay dirt kind of furrows his brow look at looking at this bag ah, there's some sort of security device on it you know what that means um Whoever owns it has heard of thieves. Uh, huh. Wow. Did did not think I was going to say that means there's something very valuable inside. <laughs> um, oh, right. No, yeah, you're right. And this bag, you can see there's some leather on it. And you know what that means? Good eat. <laughs> I'm going to eat this bag. <laughs> you're going to eat the bag. Okay. I think that's going to be a heart roll. <laughs> okay. And I would like I would like to argue for an expertise here with endurance. Okay, I will give you that. <laughs> so that's going to put your target number to eat the bag mm-hmm. at a 12. At a 12. And you can't put your heart into this because you're already using your heart yep. to do and, it in the first place. And this place. can only critically fail for me. So let's roll this d10 and hope that... Uh... Oh, well, when you're just rolling your heart, it doesn't... It's not a critical failure. It's just... It's only when you're adding your oh, heart to Oh, only when you're else. adding... T- okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Ah, that is unfortunately a seven. Oh. Uh, so you you managed to... You pick up the bag, careful not to uh, touch the straps, and you kind of start to chomp. But... Um, Unfortunately, this leather's like really well treated and it would take much better oral hygiene than dirt has to maintain sheep teeth strong enough to get through this bag. Um, as you are trying to like chomp and chomp the little drawstring of the bag, which has like a little metal bead on the end, just kind of like flicks itself at you, like whacks you in the head um, and you'll take another point of damage, please. <laughs> down to three yeah uh dirt like sort of like curled in a ball around the bag and is just like gnawing at it (laughs) it's just hitting you and hitting you and hitting you and like i feel like it starts with sarah like cheering dirt on and then like slowly there's like a couple minutes past where it gets sadder and sadder (laughs) it starts like and at the end it's like dirt Dirt, like pulling you away. <laughs> I've got him. I've oh, got... dirt. <laughs> but Sarab will eventually pull the bag off you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you... Okay. You know, 
enough enough break that was our break uh and now we gotta quench that flame you know now that we're refreshed and restored right well that was invigorating yep that's the word for it yeah invigorating uh so i should point out because uh sarah is a knight what you can do is Sarah can take damage for you. So if you like, with that last one, we can say that Sarah was the one that got hit Ooh, by the drawstring that's probably while wise. pulling uh. it off you. So I've got Sarah here. I will mark a little point for Sarah, and they're now down to two points. And that, that brings me back up to four. And that brings you back up to four, uh, which is very good because you have lost your food source so there's no healing right yes of course <laughs> you left it on the elephant if i see another living thing i will try to eat it <laughs> uh, so you can leave the backpack here but you've got the bedroll mm -hmm. which you've squashed into your own backpack yep yep okay you've now got um there's two paths one leading left and one leading right uh, as as the poets say, two paths diverged underground, surrounded by sharp rocks. We should take the path least traveled. Well, um, I think that the path least traveled is probably, uh, and Sarah kind of looks around and looks around, very clear that they're just making a random guess, uh, <laughs> this one? that's it exactly <laughs> oh nice uh all right yeah this one then and uh off you go to the left all right so you walk for a little while it's maybe 40 minutes of just walking straight and you feel like there's definitely points where you feel like you're going downwards mm -hmm. and you start to feel like the further down you go and the, the longer the walk you start to realize you feel really warm huh god and your um your blowfish is looking a little dimmer like you can still see far you can still see mm -hmm. but the the blowfish doesn't look quite as bright against the darkness as it did before yeah god oh is it just me or do you feel like somebody slapped a bunch of raccoons on the ground and, and thrown them on your back? That is exactly how I feel. Yeah, I was just thinking those exact words. It's it's a it's a hot one. It's a hot one. Oh it's like somebody's uh turned the radiator on or something. Yep, yep. It's 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 like uh it, it, it's like there was some kind of wombat that had passed away and someone smacked it very hard and it just started radiating heat throughout the room. Do you think it means anything or Well, let's put our heads together, old pal. What do we know about flames and fire? Well I know they are forbidden. Yes. Oh, no, they are forbidden. I think that's all we know about flames and fire. So I cannot tell if straying closer to a heat source is the right or the wrong move. But we have committed to this path. And uh, Skolog always says you got to see things through. Doesn't matter how hard the job is. You got to see it through to the end. Yep. Yeah. 
That's that is exactly what Skolag says. You got to see things through till the end. Uh, leave me alone, you maggots. Oh, watch me jam to this track. Uh, I mean that's 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 most of it, really. That's most of the yeah. things that we've heard Skolag say. So, with those little morsels of wisdom, I think we just push on. We push on towards the heat. Okay, on you push. So you can keep walking for about another half an hour before you see and it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter before you see ahead of you there is a chamber with a definite orange glow well that's glowing i'd say that's glowing right 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 what looks glowing to me okay what we have to do we got to focus ourselves we got to become very silent and see if we can hear a crackling sound that we would describe as ugh, pleasant. So you can stay there very, very carefully, mm -hmm. very quietly, and you hear, well, you're not quite sure what pleasant is, yeah. but you hear a crackling sound that has a kind of hissing noise along with it. Ooh, a crackle and a hiss. Okay. Well... A hiss has to be pleasant, like pleasant. Does that sound right? A pleasant, a ple if I say to you, a pleasant hissing sound. Yeah, I would think of, um, yeah, that's, that, that sounds like it might be pleasant. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it means like rhythmic or, um, intermittent. It pleasant to me sounds so close to peasant. So like lowborn, like kind of a lowborn mm, hiss. Yeah, no, I see. So more like a. Yeah, that's got to be what we're after. That's got to be what we're after. We got to quench. This is why people listen to podcasts. <laughs> to, hear, to hear people try and etymologically suss out alternate definitions for words. And demonstrate them as hisses. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that was the real success of of the Magnus archives was was just the the opportunities that you had to hear different kinds of hissing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was astonished that we didn't win an award just for that. But turns out there is no award for best hissing. Podcasting. There's no category for best hissing, <laughs> which shows like that we are still in the infancy infancy of podcasting awards. And, I dream uh, of the day where there's best hiss, best crunch, mm -hmm. best bone cracking sound, best squelch. Oh, then we'll know we've made it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think yeah. with that, uh, I, I, we're gonna. Dirt is gonna like cautiously uh, approach this glowing to try and search the room for potential dangers um, and most importantly, potential profit. Okay, so as you and Sarah come around, there's like a sort of corner. You can come around the corner, and uh, it does not take much surveying of the room. As you come in, uh, you can see. It's uh it's quite a large it's like hexagonal shaped room. There is a lava sort of little moat with a couple of little bridges around. Mhm. Mm kind of one north, one south, one east, one west. Little uh rock bridges over. And in the middle there is a 
fire elemental. So uh, there is a, a basically a humanoid figure made of flame, this incredibly bright orange glow. Around, like, there's still shadows at the edge. It's just incredibly bright where this figure is. Mm-hmm. However, you can see there's a like a doorway off to your uh, like right, and right there there is another figure standing in front of it, like Ooh. just at the bridge. Like what? What? What kind of figure? Like I know one is a fire elemental, but yeah. So that figure is a human. Mm. They are kind of small, kind of scrawny. You would guess maybe a teen and they are wearing they're wearing like a robe not quite a cloak like a little bit fancier than a cloak Mm -hmm. it's got a hood but it's clear that like to you as a person who actually uses clothes it's clear that the hood is really more of a decoration like it's a very fine fabric so it wouldn't actually keep any rain out or anything like that and they have uh they have with them like a sword but it's a very thin sword and they they don't really look like they know what they're doing are they like facing down the fire elemental? They are currently facing the fire elemental and have their sword drawn. The fire elemental has noticed them and ha- currently has its back to you, but they're not yet like engaged in combat or anything like that. Okay. Um d- does it does it look like like this sword is drawn pointed towards the fire elemental? Like The sword is drawn. Mm-hmm. And it is pointed towards the fire elemental but the person holding it looks a little bit unsure like they they're holding it kind of outwards and it is pointed towards the fire elemental but it's not in like a combat stance they look a little bit unsure at the moment neither of them have noticed either of you enter the room okay okay i'm you know we we enter dirt's mind palace which you know looks like a maze in kind of a dark and dingy laboratory condition and dirt is represented by a little lab rat that is navigating trying to find the cheese of an idea and it scrabbles about this maze and you know passes certain facts here we have a fire elemental. I have never seen fire in my life, but I do have knowledge of history and like mm. the wars that took place between Emborio and Skalog's realms. So like, mm. I know I know the old battle song. So like, I know what a fire elemental is and I know like kind of historically how they were fought. I also pass, you know, my appreciation for social hierarchies and sheer love of wealth and believe that if you serve wealth and power, it will uh, reward you in turn and in kind. And sizing up this person in a fine cloak, I go, that's a rich kid. That's got to be a rich kid. (laughs) That's not a wizard. That's at least a friend and family of a wizard. And like... You know, anything to do with fire uh, is, you know, emborios and therefore must be bad. So dirt approaches the cheese of a plan. And what this is, dirt is going to attack this fire elemental. He's going to attack this fire elemental in the way that he has learned from the ancient battle songs, which is snuffing it out with dirt. So I happen to have a shovel. And yes, you do. I I have uh, my knowledge of history and how these things would be fought. 
So I, I kind of feel like with those two items, I should be able to grab some of the soil or whatnot from the cave and just start piling it on this fire elemental very quickly. Okay, nice. Yeah, so you take out your backpack, you open it up, you take out your folding shovel and like a really quickly, but also like trying to be really subtle about it. Mm-hmm. You, you are like furiously screw together your shovel and like dig. And do you want to try to get closer at all to the fire elemental before you try flinging the dirt or do you want to try just flinging the dirt from where you are i think i'm gonna uh, i guess sleight of hand wouldn't wouldn't count for getting closer so yeah you know i i know but it might for flinging it oh yeah you know what we'll we'll do that Uh, so i'm flinging it i'm using my sleight of hand i am using my knowledge of history and my shovel and I guess okay. this this has to be fists, right? Yes, it does. So I'm actually going to say that what you've got here is uh, something called the upper hand. Uh, so ordinarily, you've got the fire elemental. You'd be rolling fists, I'd say, to... Actually, ordinarily, you would be rolling fists. But I think because... Wait, your fingers is really bad, isn't it? Oh, tr- truly awful. I'm going to let you roll fists. So yeah, okay. this is a fist roll. <laughs> <laughs> Ordinarily, you'd be rolling fists and you'd be needing to get a 15. But because you've got this plan, you've got the shovel, which is going to lower it by 1 to 12. You've got the sleight of hand expertise, which is going to lower it again to 9. And I'm going to say because you are surprising it with something that puts out fire, Mm -hmm. you've got the upper hand, which means that you can choose whether to lower the difficulty one level again to make it a six or you can choose that if you do hit you do an extra point of damage i've got to choose lower it again because Mm -hmm. i i am rolling a d6 and that's and don't forget you can put your heart into it oh my goodness i've just realized i completely forgot to explain about thumbs which is one of my favorite mechanics in pit crawler so i can't wait to hear this thumbs okay Thumbs. Uh, Well, it just hasn't really been relevant yet, I suppose. Mm -hmm. You know how when you're reading a Choose Your Own Adventure book, um, you can leave a finger in a page, like Mm -hmm. you make a choice, but you put your finger there. So if if it doesn't go how you want, you flick back and choose something different. You can do that in Pitcrawler. So at the start of any adventure, the adventurer chooses how many thumbs they want between zero and five, because that's how many fingers you have on one hand. Right. At any point... You can choose to put down one of your thumbs. And if it doesn't go the way that you want, you can then go back to that point and oh. choose to do something different. Oh, oh, I like that. A little bit of Groundhog Day energy there. That's fun. I love this. We'll put a thumb here on this decision yep. because I'm, I'm kind of risking it all. And I will, I gotta put my heart into it because, you know, the, I'm, I'm representing uh skolog here like i I, i've gotta i've gotta show these these fire elementals that we mean business okay oh thank goodness (laughs) all right that is an 11 so okay so you you made that so you actually you described to me how uh how does dirt attack this fire elemental with the shovel and the dirt (laughs) so i feel like there there is this moment of tension where we look at 
the fire elemental like imposing kind of bearing down on this well-dressed warrior who is like nervously gripping their sword you know the the shots moving back between them it's almost like a, a, a kurosawa or an old western where there's like this air laden with tension between these two who are about to enter battle and then we hear a piercing <laughs> and uh, dirt starts raining down from like uh, the, uh, on high to this fire elemental, and like it, it's it's dimming. It's like looking around. There's all this moist mud being flung up into the air, and finally, you know, dirt will charge with the you know ancient martial technique that that is taught in in Skulag's land, which is is dropping and rolling. It's once you've uh, mm -hmm. got the advantage over a fire elemental, you must snuff them out by rolling your body around on them. <laughs> so that's exactly what he'll do. Yeah, the uh the dirt like rains down and the the light from the fire elemental definitely darkens, it dampens, it goes out a little bit and then and then you just start rolling around on the ground. Um there's an awful lot of confusion. It's, it's hard to tell what expression is on a fire elemental's face. <laughs> it does seem like it might be going, ouch! Huh? Uh, <laughs> the elemental and the figure has definitely noticed you. What do you want Sarah to be doing in this fight? They can absolutely be assisting you. Yeah, I think Sarah, like, what we do is engage in noble Skalagian combat, which is don't let them know how many of you there are until it's too late for them. So this is this is just one of those things where Sarah is like kind of hanging back, looking for a moment that they might need to like step in intercede to the fight and uh, uh, take advantage of our opponents being unaware. Okay, so Sarah will be doing that. And the other figure, so I'm going to make a, a luck roll for this other figure. Would you like to pick high or low? Low. Always. It's got It's got to work out eventually. Okay. Uh, so this other figure looks at you, is obviously very surprised, but seems to get like a little bit of, a little bit of uh, courage. They drop the sword, raise their arms with the cape like Ooh. billowing out and uh, they make a sort of motion with their hands of a, f a flame rising and then falling and bring their hands together. They look really confident. Mm -hmm. Nothing seems to be happening. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> One of these days it'll work out. Yeah. Stay away from the rich kid, you foul beast. The foul beast rears up, like, shaking as much as it can to get the dust off and goes for the, like, rushes for the kid or, like, lets out a, a flame, part of it, towards the kid um, who just manages to dodge, but their cloak is now aflame. Oh, okay. They're looking pretty panicked. Yeah. What would you like to do? I am going to re re recite the ancient battle poem that, that Skalag wrote about the defeat of the fire elementals at the border, you know, three years ago. We, we did mm -hmm. establish that they're 13. So this is a fight they had with their yep. older brother. They, they, they were 10. 10. Yeah. <laughs> Very um, precocious wizard. Yeah. And then I totally dropsteth to the ground and mine trousers were extinguished. 
So say Skalog, powerful wizard. <laughs> yeah, th this, uh, I'm definitely using my knowledge of history and I'm probably going to be, this is like a, a face and I'll, I'm going to put my heart into it because yeah, I'm absolutely. reciting the great history I, of I'm going to say that your target number here is probably just a six, to be honest, because Ooh. like, yeah, go on. It's like, it's clearly relevant to the kid. <laughs> okay. Thank goodness. 17. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's technically a critical success because it's over double what you needed to get. All right. So this kid like absolutely hears you face lights up drops to the ground rolls and as they are doing that the uh like fire elemental will like turn to look at you and as it is turning and confused i will let you go again one more time okay this i'm going to you know grip my my shovel tight in in my hand and I am just going to like beat on it like you're you're trying to beat the 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 fire out of something but critically what what I think I'm doing is providing the distraction and an opening for my good friend Sarah to come in and heroically end the fight as is appropriate and befitting the station of a knight. Of course, of course. Okay. I will ask you to roll me uh, a fists and you've got, I'm not going to say you've got the upper hand anymore. It definitely knows you're, that you're there, but you've got mm -hmm. your shovel. So that would be a 12. And then you've got Sarah, which would be a nine. Okay. And I will, I got, got to put my heart into it. There's, there's no choice here. Oh, Ooh, I got my first explosion of the game Ooh. Uh, on the six. So go ahead and roll that six again. Plus four. So uh, the total there is going to be 18, a six and a four and the six. And nice. Eight on the 10. So that is, again, a critical success. You got double what you needed. So, uh, yeah, you just like launch at it. Please describe how this goes down. <laughs> what I think it is, this is a reverse Melvin. And those who don't have, I, I think I've heard it be called like, stool or something or bench in, in I, I listened to sonic the comic the podcast and i know they have described this action in the uk i don't know what it is but it's when it, it's a prank that cruel children would play on each other where one of them kind of like bends down and gets behind somebody and another person will push them over that person so oh, I, right, right, yeah. I charge at this elemental and immediately curl up into a ball at its feet it looks confused mm -hmm. for a second, and then Sarah comes straight from behind and like knocks it over, and the two of us immediately stand up and start like kicking out the fire. Nice. This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists: Lauterbrunnen by Cody Martin, Each Step by CJ Zero, Darkness Approaches by Louis Lyon. Darker Days by Alternate Endings. The Fun House by Moments. And Fine Dining by Dresden the Flamingo. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. Well, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with part four, the finale 
of Pit Crawler. As always, we finish one shot off with a call to action, and as I mentioned briefly in the mid-roll, it's Pride Month. Across the nation, across the world, there is legislation, there is oppression against LGBTQIA plus people everywhere. I would encourage you, yes, do the thing that we always talk about, call your representatives, all of that, use fivecalls.org. I would make sure that you are reaching out to the people in your lives who are affected by this stuff. Make sure you're taking care of each other. Make sure you're looking out for each other. Donate to mutual aid funds if you're able to. Donate to nonprofits and do it locally. Yes, a lot of the national nonprofits are fantastic, but your own community is where your money can have the greatest impact. Thanks, heroes. If you enjoyed this show, you should check out some of the other shows on the One Shot Podcast Network. Shows like Design Doc. Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign their first role-playing game, Questlandia. Design Doc is an experiment in public participatory analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.